We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, Elmani. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, Elmani. All right, well, if you have a Bible this evening, we're going to be in the book of Judges, chapter 16. As we finish up in the life of Samson, I've been really blessed in studying the life of Samson, learning so many lessons and just praying that God would help me to connect the dots. Because uh, Samson's life in a nutshell was a guy that had so much potential, but he never, he never reached that potential. Uh, that three-letter word, sin, sin got in the way. You know, and it's cool, Samson's in the Hall of Faith, Hebrews 11, 32, and 33. And so, you know, we know he's in heaven, and so he's saved, you know. But he's one of those examples of a saved soul and a, and a wasted life. And so, you know, I, I thank God for Jesus Christ, don't you? Aren't you grateful, man? Because how many of you guys sinned today? Is that a curiosity? You know, and we don't take that lightly. I pray that um, our heart would be like First John chapter two verse one says. It says, "My little children, rewrite this to you so that you may not sin." But if we do, thank God we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. You know, and so, man, try not to. And, you know, try not to sin. Try to be perfect, even as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's what the Bible says. Try. But if you do sin, make sure you cry. You cry out to the Lord. He'll hear you. He'll wash you. He'll help you overcome those things that will destroy your life. you got to try. you got to cry. Lest you die. Yes, you die. You die. None of us are beyond this. None of us are beyond, you know, dying physically, God chasing us, God punishing us because we decided to go our own way. You know, it's happened many times. I've seen it. I've seen guys with so much potential, worship leaders with so much of an anointing on their life. You know, pastors. And, you know, it happens a lot. And I guess we hear it a lot, you know, with pastors. You know, it it can happen to you if you neglect your relationship with Christ. You know, so I'm just so grateful for the Lord, man, for His grace in our life. But man, I'm, I don't want to continue in sin that grace may abound. God wants to work in us. Samson is a lesson in that. And if you remember the story here in Judges chapter 16, you know, we see that Samson, I mean, we, his story is, starts way back in chapter uh, 13, when, you know, he was born with a destiny, man, a supernatural birth, you know, the angel of the Lord, more than likely Jesus Christ himself comes down and says in verse 5 of Judges 13 that the child would be a Nazarite to God from the womb. He was separated to God from the very beginning and he would begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines, you know. And so you see his life, this guy right here who's supposed to be set apart for the Lord, violated all of his vows. He fell in love with a non-believer. You know, he slept around. He fell into sexual sin. He played with God. He played with the calling on his life. He did not take it seriously. 
It was just a game to him. He had such an anointing. He was so strong. I mean, imagine what a difference it would have made if he would have stayed strong. But what happens? Well, we see him in Judges chapter 16. He falls in love with a gal named Delilah. Oh, man. Watch out for the Delilahs, man. I remember one time we were doing a study with the guys and I remember we were just talking about, man, watch out for that girl and watch out for that girl and watch out for that girl. And by the end of the study, the, the, some of the younger guys were saying, okay, so I get the message, girls are bad, huh? <laughs> and, it, you know, it's not, it's not the girls, though. It's our heart, you know. Um, some girls are, are bad. Some guys are bad. Um, but... You know, it's really the lion within us, you know, that, that messes us up. All I know is that Delilah came into the picture. Samson, you know, he fell in love with her, you know, because to him it was all about the body, it was all about the looks, you know, and, and what ends up happening was she was just no good for him, you know. And uh, and so what ends up happening, the Philistines come to Delilah and they say, we'll give you a whole bunch of money, all you got to do is find out where his strength is, so that we can bind him, so we can afflict him. You know, that was the plan. And so Delilah comes to Samson and she says, Say, can you tell me where your strength lies so that, you know, we can bind you and afflict you, you know? Um, just, you know, really crazy, weird stuff. And, and, uh, and Samson, you know, just begins to play games with her. He says, Oh, you know what? If you, you know, tie me with gut strings, you know, then I'm going to be like any other man. Oh, if you tie me with new ropes, then I'll be like any other man. Oh, if you weave the locks of my hair into this, you know, fabric, then I'll be like any other man. And then finally, you know, he just comes to the end. And I don't even know for sure, you know, when you read the story, I don't know for sure if he knew this would be the last straw. Part of me thinks maybe he didn't. You know, because eventually he says, you know what, I was separated to the Lord from my womb. There was a calling on my life. It was a Nazarite vow. And he told her, he said, if you shave my head, I'm done. Now, I'm not sure if he knew that that was going to be the final straw. I, sometimes I think that maybe he didn't. Maybe he thought, you know what, I've gotten away with touching the dead body before and I'm still here. You know, I got away with the, you know, going into the vineyard and probably even getting drunk. I'm still here. I'm sure I'll get away with this as well. But what ended up happening was he sinned one too many times. You know, and I think that for us, that's a heavy story because, you know, we go into it, we think, well, it's just, you know, one more sin. But but maybe that's the one that's too far. All I know is that when I read the, the life of Samson, I just think, Lord, I, I don't want this to happen to me because when it happened, when they shaved his hair, then Delilah said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. The Philistines are upon you. And he said, I will arise as at other times. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. He lost the anointing. He lost the call. And so what ends up happening, when well, we pick it up then in verse 21, it says, And then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes. And they brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters, and he became a grinder in the prison. 
We learn so much from the life of Samson. We learn about the consequences of sin. You know how sin blinds us, how sin binds us, and how sin grinds us, right? Samson played with sin. So Samson paid for sin, right? Proverbs 5.22, it says, His own iniquities entrap the wicked man, and he is caught in the cords of his sin. You know, the Old Testament in many ways, I'm sure you guys know this, in the Old Testament, those were like the visuals, right, of spiritual truth. You see the Old Testament visuals. You know, and you see Samson here. Can you imagine, you know, right when it's over, they go and the first thing they do, they know what they got to do. They take out his eyes. Literally in the Hebrew, they bore them out. You know, that's a visual. Because that's what sin does to us. It blinds us. You know, the religious leaders of Jesus' day, they had fallen into sin. They had sunk into sin. And that's why the Lord said in Matthew 15, 14, let them alone. They are the blind. Leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. There are some people who are blind. They can't see the things that are so in front of them because they're playing with sin. See, that's what sin does. It blinds us and then sin binds us. You know, when I think of that, I remember the words of Peter to Simon the sorcerer in Acts chapter 8, verse 23. Simon the sorcerer was coveting the gift. And so what does it say? Acts 8, 23. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Have you ever been tied up before? you ever been handcuffed? Anybody here ever been handcuffed? No, I'm just joking. You won't tell me, huh? <laughs> Imagine what that would be like. You know, to be bound. I mean, they take out your eyes. You can't see. They tie you up. You can't move. That's what sin does to us. We're playing with sin. You see, and that's what happens. It blinds us. It binds us. And then it grinds us, you know. And if you could visualize it, there's God's man at the millstone. Perhaps in one sense, he's on both ends at the same time. He's grinding and he's being ground. At the same time, a life with a destiny to deliver because of his sin. Now he cannot see. Now he is not free. Now he doesn't even want to be alive. Because he just continued to play with sin. He ground himself into the ground. Proverbs 5.22, again, his own iniquities entrapped the wicked man. And he's caught in his cords of his sin. The Philistines did not defeat Samson. no. Samson defeated Samson. You know, and for some of you here, you know, praise God, you know, you're doing good, you're in your devotional life, and you're praying with sincerity and heart. You're in the Word, God's speaking to you, God's leading your life. I think we all have room for improvement, but praise God, you know, there's some people that are on the right track. If you're on the wrong track, maybe you're here tonight and you are in sexual sin. You know, and you think it's okay to sleep with someone you're not married to. You know, let me tell you something. It will destroy your life. You know, maybe you're here today and you're dabbling with pornography. You know, some people, oh, it's happy hour. That's not happy hour. You know, you go and you get drunk or you get high or whatever it is. You know, and, and, and we're not here, you know, like you bad people. We're not like that. You know, God, he just says, you know what, that, that my son, that'll kill you. My daughter. 
You don't need to be with that guy. You wait on the Lord. You see, all I'm saying is that God warns us of these things only because He loves us and He wants to help us and He'll give us the power to overcome. You see, Samson played with sin one too many times and so Samson paid for sin. You know, but thank God it wasn't utterly over. Look what we read next in verse 22. It says, However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. His hair began to grow again. Some of you guys wish your hair would grow again. No, I'm just joking. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> you know, tradition tells us that Samuel wrote the book of Judges. And, you know, here he seems to insinuate that there really was a connection between the hair of Samson and the strength of Samson. But when you read it, I think more than likely the fundamental connection is this thing we call faith. Faith. Again, Hebrews 11, 32 and 33, it speaks of the faith of Samson. And he did apparently have some faith. And apparently, though, when his hair grew, his faith grew. It's kind of funny, huh? I mean, I, I know recently I saw that movie Tangled, and that was kind of a cool, funny uh, movie. You know, and there was just like the magic in the hair. And you're like, well, that's in the Bible, you know, um, in one sense. You know, to us it seems magical. To us it seems mystical. It almost seems impractical. But in, in, a, in a way it was necessary for him. It was tangible because what ended up happening is it just drew out his faith. It drew out his faith. You see, you know, and, and for us here, you know, a lot of the things that we want to do for the Lord, we want the Lord to do in our life. Maybe you're here tonight and, you know, you've been a Christian for a long time. Or maybe for the past three years or four years or five years or who knows, ten years, you have not grown. You're still the same. Or, or I don't know. You know, all I know is this, that, you know, by faith, we can, you know, move mountains by faith. We can see the impossible being done. We need to have that faith. You know, what does it take for you to believe? Are you a, are you a believer? No, I'm not talking about being saved. You know, if you're not saved here tonight, you don't know Jesus Christ, man, He loves you. He died for you. You're here because He is calling you to Him. You know, believe in Christ. The Bible says, turn from your sins. Trust in Jesus and you'll be saved. But, you know, I'm also talking to you, and I know most of you here are Christians, but I'm wondering if most of you here are really believers. If you really have that faith. Or would you be described more as a, as a doubter? You know, what does it take for you to believe? You know, for Samson, it took for his hair to grow, you know. Um, over in John chapter 5, I'm reminded of that time where the Bible says that, this is kind of weird, an angel would come down, stir up the waters, and think about this, everybody's around the pool of Siloam, and so the first one in would get healed. And so you're wondering, well, how does that work, you know? And again, maybe it was magical waters, maybe it was a magical angel, but most theologians will tell you it was because their faith, their faith was mustered up at that, at that moment, and God honored that. 
Or remember that time the woman with the flow of blood in the book of Matthew chapter 9 verse 20? Suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind, touched the hem of his garment, Jesus' garment, because she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Oh, it's all God's fault. Oh, it's his fault. It's her fault. Well, what about you? Are you a believer? That's all I'm saying. For Samson, there was a time now where this, right here, this hair growing, it kind of, it brought out his faith. I think that's what was really going on. You know, what's it going to take, man, for you to be a believer? What's it going to take for us to really believe? You know, maybe it'll be an encouraging word from a brother. God can use that. But I pray primarily it would be a true word from your Father. Because all the promises in this Bible are for you. The Bible says this, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. And the more you read this book and the more you get into it and the more you let it get into you, your faith will grow. You'll know what to believe. And you'll stand on it. I encourage you, yes, pay attention to the work of God all around you. That might help your faith, but let the word of God grow inside you. Why? Because faith is going to be imperative for the battle that's ahead of us. Jesus said in Mark 9.23, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And I'm not talking about name and claim, and I'm not talking about you saying, you know, healed in Jesus' name. I'm not talking about that, you know. That's, that's, you know what, that's, who wants that? Who grows from everything going perfect? Nobody does. We go through the trials. But I'm talking about the faith that takes you through the trials, that takes you through the fire and you come out like gold. I'm talking about the faith that puts one foot in front of the other with both eyes on Jesus. You know, the faith that we need is found when we're in the Word and we're believing. And yes, the faith that will change a nation, that will change a generation. God will use your life. And I've seen it, you know, with this girl over there and she goes and she hangs out with these girls and she pours her life into them. It takes faith to do that, but it changes their life. And whatever it is, whatever the calling is in your life, you know, we're busy about his business. You know, a lot of people will say, I'm not getting paid for this. You're not getting paid for this. Yeah, there's a couple of guys on staff here at the church, but we've got a whole group of people that aren't getting paid financially for it. Does that make that ministry any less, you know, radically important to God? No way. No way. It's by faith that we do what's right. See, without faith, we're in big trouble. And the Bible says without faith... It is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. You see, Samson's hair was growing. And so Samson's faith was growing. Even though sin was blinding and binding and grinding. There he is, you know. And so we read in verse 23. As all this begins to happen, it says in verse 23, Now the lords of the Philistines, they gather together to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon their God and to rejoice. 
And they said, Our God has delivered into our hands Samson, our enemy. And when the Philistines saw him, they praised their God, for they said, Our God has delivered into our hands our enemy, the destroyer of our land and the one who multiplied our dead. The Philistines, they, they have a, you know, a special service, I guess, and they gather everybody together and they're glorifying their God. And I was thinking about that. What a contrast when you compare the ministry of Moses to the ministry of Samson. You know, Moses led the nation of Israel to victory over Egypt and all their gods, right? But Samson's ministry made it seem like Dagon, the Philistine god, a false god who didn't even exist, defeated the true God, Jehovah God, the only living God. How did that happen? It was Samson's sin. You know, and sexual sin is, is rampant. Sexual sin, you know, will get a lot of guys. Forty percent of all married men, they say, will commit adultery. And the numbers are increasing for the ladies too. But it's not just sexual sin. It's any sin. You know, and if there's a sin that's being, you know, repeated in your life, whatever you do, man, ask God for the grace to help you overcome that. Because it's the sin that brings us to this place where we find ourselves with a ministry like Samson's. Yes, sin blinds and binds and grinds, and when God's children fall into resistant, persistent, insistent sin, you want to know what it does that's probably even worse than that? Can you think of anything worse than that, being blinded and binded and grinded? Yes, I can. You want to know what's worse than that is when you don't glorify God in your life. Because really that's what it's all about. Ultimately, what's our motive here as children of God? We want to glorify God. We want to point to God, the true God, the living God, the only God that can save them from their sins. But when we sin, and we live that life of persistent, resistant, I don't care, insistent sin. I'm going to play games with God. It's not really a serious thing for me. Then it does exactly the opposite. And our kids are supposed to serve the Lord. And they don't. Because it does exactly the opposite. See, that's what sin does. And what ends up happening, people begin to believe silly things like Dagon is God. You guys know about Dagon, the Philistine God? This was a, a weird thing. I mean, you guys probably know he was half fish and half man. Does that sound fishy to you or what? I mean, that is so weird. I mean, who would believe such a dumb thing like that? But that's what happens when we fall into sin. Life will always take you downstream if you follow a fish. Let me tell you, man. And so what ends up happening? In verse 25, and so what happened? When their hearts were merry, in other words, when they were plastered, when they were drunk, that they said, call for Samson that he may perform for us. And so they called for Samson from the prison and he performed for them. And they stationed him between the pillars. I wonder what Samson did to perform for them. You know, while they were in high spirits, while they were drunk, they shouted out 
to bring Samson to entertain them. You know, sin blinds, it binds and grinds. Sin strips God of his glory and sin also strips us of our calling. You know, we saw in verse 20 that the Lord had departed from Samson. Remember that? And he said, she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. I know he was anointed at one time, but he was not anointed anymore. It's heavy, huh? Because he was called to be a deliverer, but in the end he ended up as an entertainer. And there's a huge difference. No, I don't know what he was doing to entertain them, but you know, obviously they were, you know, you know, physically abusing him, um, telling him, I don't know, juggle, sing, I don't know what it was. But that's where Samson was. You see, he was called to be used by God, but in the end we see he was not. We read there in verse 25 that their hearts were merry, that they were drunk. They were deceived. They were belittling Samson. They were also exalting their God. You know, it reminds me of Daniel chapter 5. They were drunk and deceived as well. And they had taken the vessels that were sanctified to God, drinking and praising the gods of gold and silver and bronze, the gods of iron, wood and stone. You read the story there in Daniel chapter 5. Do you remember what happened? Well, it led to their defeat. Why? Because they were mocking their maker. You know, and God, I know we see the things going on in the world today and we wonder, you know, is the Lord, are you going to do anything about it? He will. Maybe not today, but one day, every wrong will be made right. Here we find themselves mocking God. The Bible says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Do not, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 through 7. So you put this all together. God needs to judge the Philistines. Samson's in this situation. And this kind of explains what happens next in verse 26. And then Samson said to the lad who held him by the hand, let me fill the pillars which support the temple so that I can lean on them. Now the temple was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there, about 3,000 men and women on the roof watching while Samson performed. I mean, you can kind of visualize them. I don't know. You can picture the Staples Center, man. It's packed out, right, to the capacity, right? And Samson's there. They're watching him. In verse 28, Then Samson called to the Lord, saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple and he braced himself against them, one on his right and the other on his left. Then Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might and the temple fell on the lords and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. It's a weird story. I think it's weird. I don't know about you. You know, maybe you read it and you think, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I'm like, dude, you died with the Philistines. 
You know, I, I don't know when I read it, but I also, you know, see like just like, like you know, we've read already and we've spoken already, you know, the oxymoron that Samson's life is, the enigma that he is, the puzzle that he is. You know, um, here we see again, he takes a step of faith. He somehow knew that God would hear his cry. And he asked this young guy to take him to the pillars that supported the temple. Archaeological excavations have found temples just like that, supported by beams that were six feet wide. And so here he is, close to 3,000 people were there having a so-called good time, being entertained by Samson. And then we read, it's kind of significant there in verse 28, he called to the Lord saying, O Lord God. Now the Hebrew, it says something different. The Hebrew says Adonai Yahweh, right? That's what the Hebrew says. Now, both of those words, Adonai, Yahweh, they're usually translated Lord, Lord, Lord. But the NIV translated in an interesting way. It says, O Sovereign Lord. And I think that they kind of captured what was going on right here. It's good to point to God's sovereignty. Now, again, God didn't author all the evil, but he allowed it to accomplish his purposes and his sovereignty. And people would die. Samson would die. But notice again, his motive for this whole thing was not good. Look at verse 28. Oh Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once, O oh God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines from my two eyes. What was Samson's motive? It wasn't just vengeance, it was personal vengeance. I mean, if you go against God, you know, I'm going to go and fight for God. But it was a personal thing. And it's like we've read about Samson over and over and over again that he never learned. Earlier, the same thing happened. You know, when the guys figured out his riddle, he got upset, he split, he comes back. What ends up happening? They hurt his, you know, so-called wife and her father. He goes, he burns their fields. You know, they just go back and forth. He says, I'll get revenge. Vengeance. He never learned. You know, and, and, and maybe just in case, I don't know if you've been listening, but I know for me, the Holy Spirit's been teaching me things. How about you? Has the Holy Spirit been saying anything to you? Is there anything He's trying to say? Now, okay, Miha, okay, let's learn this lesson together, right? And, and there you are, and you're like, no. <laughs> You know, and then a day goes by, a week goes by, a month, and you're not learning the lessons. Samson wasn't learning all these lessons. Girls didn't learn about girls, didn't learn about vengeance, didn't learn about playing games with God, and all those things killed him. And that's why we have to learn, listen, what is the Lord trying to teach you? He didn't learn about vengeance, and it ended up being the way that he died. And the Bible says that vengeance is mine, God says in Deuteronomy 32:35. So you don't have to go get them, let God get them, right? Romans 12:19 says the same thing, beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Don't worry, man, if somebody did you wrong, God will take care of them. But we remember this heart of Samson, this part of Samson, and that he never learned. Now here we see that's part of Samson's problem. You know, the blinding sin, the binding sin, the grinding sin, it keeps you in his clutches. You never get over it. It strips God of his glory. And in the end, here's the hard part, it leads to death. 
You know, we die. People die when they don't have to. Samson had a tough faith. He had kind of an amount of faith, but he didn't have enough faith because the truth is he didn't have to die. You know, if you would, maybe you can put your marker here real quick. Let's go over to Psalm 107. And I was reading a a whole bunch of cross-references, and this one... It really caught my eye because I, I, I could relate it to the story of Samson. In Psalm 107 in, in verse 10, it says, Those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, bound in afflictions and irons. You know, I was thinking about Samson, man. Bound, he's in darkness, bound, I mean, he's hurting, right? It says, Because they rebelled against the word of God, despised the counsel of the Most High. They were there because God was disciplining them. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down. There was none to help. I mean, they were hurting, right? And But look what happens in verse 13. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. You know, I'm telling you right now, you guys, you know, try not to sin. Try not to. But if you do, you know, you're, you, you try, you fail, it's okay. Now, cry. Cry out to God. God, forgive me. God, help me. And you want to know something? He will deliver you out of the darkness. He will break the chains. And you can rise again in the newness of life. You see, I think that's what Samson should have done. And I don't know how he could have done it, but I know that there's a lot of blind people that God still uses today, huh? You guys probably know some of them. Beautiful people. But what ends up happening? See, it doesn't matter what happened in your life up to this point, you guys. You might be down, but you're not out. Maybe you're sinned, but you're not pinned. I went to a wrestling match yesterday. It was kind of cool, man. You know, because I used to wrestle when I was in high school. And it's one thing to lose, okay? But it's another thing to get pinned, man. Now, some guys, uh, and I've seen it, and I I don't know. I I feel bad for them, man. They don't care that they get pinned. Oh, well, I'm going to lose anyways, you know? And they put their backs to the mat. I I don't know. To me, it's like embarrassing, man. I would rather, you know, break my back. I would rather, you know, break my neck. I do not want to get pinned. And all I'm saying is that, that that's kind of like what, what happens a lot of times. Sam says, oh, I'm just going to die. I'll die with the Philistines. Vengeance on them. They took out my two eyes. And God says, you know what? That wasn't my perfect plan for you. I don't think so. Saved soul, yes. Wasted life. What about you, man? What will it be? It doesn't matter. It's not over till it's over. Maybe you've blown it every day up to today, man. It's not over. That's why you're here. Don't listen to the lie of the enemy. Because God will listen to the cry of his children. You know, a large part of the lesson of Samson is a lesson in what not to do. Remember this, you guys. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death. There might be some of you here, you know, you're like, hey, I don't care, you know, I'm going to do my thing. You know, I'm telling you this, man, you're going to die. You're going to die. 
Unless you repent, unless you awaken and you realize this is not a game. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's one thing, you know, get pinned by, by that guy across, you know, the, the city who always got a you know, good school. It's another thing to get pinned by the devil. See, so be careful. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life. God wants to bless your life. I know it's just a Thursday. I know it's what? Just January, what, 12th? You're like, well, i got to come and i got to go. It's just another day. But you never know. It might be the day for you to start over. I know God's willing to do stuff like that if you let Him. You know, when I read this whole story right here, I wonder what his family thought. Because look at the last verse in verse 31. And his brothers and all his father's household came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eshtel, in the tomb of his father Manoah, he had judged Israel 20 years. You know, you read that right there and you're like, man, the dad's not supposed to bury the son. You know, I know sometimes it happens that way, but, you know, it doesn't have to. Interesting thing is that he was buried in the same place where the spirit first moved on him. You read that earlier in Judges chapter 13. And it's kind of like a a, a weird way of saying something that the Lord said, man, even to the very end, Samson is an example of someone anointed by the Spirit of God. But because they didn't take their personal walk with God seriously and they played with sin, they were disqualified. And that's why 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul says it is very simple. I discipline myself and I bring my body into subjection. Lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. You know, hate sin, love the Lord. Man, sin blinds, it binds, it grinds. Sin strips God of his glory. Sin strips us of our calling. And in the end, sin will kill you. And that's what we have to be aware of, you guys. And as I read Samson's life, I'm reminded to beware of sin. But I just can't help but also say that I'm also aware of the amazing place of God's grace in our life. You know, because I can't escape the New Testament commentary. And the New Testament commentary, it says that Samson, by faith, subdued kingdoms. And so we see here that Samson, therefore, suffered and died physically. He didn't die spiritually. And so in the end, let me just share this with you guys real quick. Originally, did you guys know his name was Sam? That was his name in the beginning. Did you guys know that? You're like, no, okay, I'm lying to you. I'm messing with you, okay? But let me just say this. Originally, his name was Sam. But then he started doing his own thing, and you know what the devil renamed him? Samson. Get it? Samson. But... Then God stepped into the picture and he named him Samson. Samson. Because even though Samson didn't finish the work, Jesus did. I thank God for his grace in our life. Because I know there's a lot of you here, myself included, we could identify with the fact that we've blown it. And I hate it when I do. I hate it when I do. But I do. I thank God for Jesus Christ. We will try not to sin, 
But if we do sin, even though we try, we will cry. God help us. God forgive us. And we will fly knowing that the blood of Jesus Christ, it really does wash us of our sin. We learn from Samson, but we yearn for Jesus. Lord, we thank you so much. Sometimes it's hard for me to understand, Lord God, how it works. But I, I, I know that even though it doesn't fit in my brain and it doesn't fit in my heart, I try not to sin. I, I do, though. But I thank you, Lord God, for the blood of Jesus that washes us. The reward says that you made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. I know this, Lord, that all those that are here tonight that have placed their faith in you are forgiven. Lord, I pray that you would continue to work in our life and that we would be who we are. We are free. We are holy. And so, Lord, I pray, you help us to connect the dots. You awaken us. And you help us to live lives that would bring you glory and honor. Father, We love you. We thank you so much for even writing this story down of Samson and all his blemishes and warts and failures and successes, Lord God. But we know you didn't write it in vain. You wrote it to change us and to challenge us. And I pray, Father, for just anyone here tonight, Lord God, who's struggling for whatever reason. God, help us tonight to draw from you. Lord, to draw our strength from a God who is so good that you would die for us. We do love you, Lord. We do thank you. We pray that you would finish the work that we would finish the work that you gave us to do. We pray together in Jesus' name. Let's all stand. If you're here today, you need. We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel El Monte at air code 626-454-3414. Remember that Jesus loves you.